May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Give us grace, O Lord, to answer readily the call of our Savior Jesus Christ and proclaim to all people the good news of his salvation. I read today's collect again, or a portion of it, as a reminder that we are each called by God. Sometimes in the church, the idea of a call is understood as something that happens only to those of us called to ordained ministry. To be sure, ordained ministry is a very specific and often persistent call. Yesterday, I had the privilege with some of you of attending C.J. Coppersmith's priestly ordination via live stream from St. Paul's in Newburyport, where he serves as curate. You may recall that C.J. served here at Trinity for two years as an intern while continuing to work full-time in his cybersecurity job. C.J.'s call to the priesthood is a wonderful example of the persistence of God's call and of the faithfulness of the hearer to stick with a years-long process that happily led to yesterday's ordination and celebration. So congratulations to C.J. and to the church that he answered God's call. Today's collect and the scripture readings cover a wide landscape of God's grace and activity in both the Old Testament and the Gospel of Matthew, showing us, inviting each of us to take seriously the call upon our lives, to listen, pray about, and answer in ways that are authentic to our God-given gifts and true to the gospel command to proclaim the good news of salvation. Now, if we are honest, this is scary stuff, right? The way the writer of Matthew tells the story, Jesus is walking by the Sea of Galilee, calls out to some fishermen, follow me. And they drop their nets and immediately follow him, leaving everything behind. Livelihood, family, friends, security, home, everything. And then if that isn't enough, he does it a second time with some other fishermen, James and John. And they do the same thing, immediately leaving behind their boat and their father. This story is supposed to encourage us in our faith? Really? I don't know about you, but it makes me uncomfortable and causes me to wonder, did they even know who Jesus was? I mean, after all, this is just the beginning of his ministry. What made them drop everything immediately? Matthew's favorite word, right? Is it a good idea to do anything immediately? 
How did they know? What were they hoping for? It makes me wonder whether I'm faithful if it sometimes takes a while in discernment and prayer and study to commit to a ministry, to be confident to know myself as God's beloved, to express my faith with my words and my actions. These are valid and important questions, and I am always eager to engage in conversations with you about how you are feeling called or not in our life together. So do reach out to me or Reverend Christopher or Reverend Julia. We answered very specific calls, but if we're honest, we are always listening for clarification about those calls, and we're happy to engage you about your process of answering God's call. But back to the readings. So those of you who follow the lectionary know that sometimes the readings that are selected intertwine better than other weeks. This is an example of it, the lectionary really working, right? The readings today that were selected from the Old Testament and the Psalm, they illuminate really well Matthew's gospel project. And it's important and helpful to see the story of the call of Peter and Andrew and James and John in this wider context. We're so familiar with this part of the story that we tend to focus on that, but the whole passage is important. So the good news, the good news in today's reading is rather than the scary or intimidating aspects of it, is Matthew's connection to the prophet Isaiah's message. Matthew interprets the familiar words that we know from our Christmas liturgy, right? The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has gone. That's his interpretation, right, of what Isaiah said. And the great light, this light that's described by the poet and prophet Isaiah and then quoted by Matthew, is freedom from oppression, freedom from domination of earthly powers, freedom from death, the dawning of a new light is the light of Christ. So the light in today's scripture, it's not the literal light that we crave in the middle of a dark New England winter, although it can serve that way, but it's a much bigger, more powerful light. In the Hebrew, it's, it, they use the word kavod, which means heavy. Heavy not in the sense of a burden, but heavy in the sense of meaningful and powerful and glorious, that light, that powerful light, the light of love that God brings in Christ. 
So for the writer of Matthew, the light is this symbol, this metaphor for freedom, for revelation, for epiphany, right? It's a season of epiphany where we have a revelation about God who brings love and forgiveness, freedom and peace. In the Gospel reading, Jesus announces that the kingdom of God has come near. So repent of your sins, of your worries, of your fears. He's telling us he is the kingdom of God come to us. Emmanuel, God with us. And then you'll notice that it is the very next line when he calls Peter and Andrew, James and John, to follow him. I think we are to understand their enthusiastic, immediate willingness to be a response to this good news that God is here. God is working in the world. God is bringing love and healing and forgiveness and freedom from oppression. In that context, that reality, their response makes a lot more sense, right? Jesus. The manifestation of God the Father is there calling them with his actual human voice into a new reality of peace and hope and love and forgiveness. They hear his voice and they drop everything to go with him to that place. And Matthew tells us that the ministry to which Jesus and they were called was healing the sick and proclaiming good news that God was acting in love in this world. So I can get on board with that. Can you? Actually, I know that you already have. I've only been home for a couple of weeks but have already seen the outpouring of love for the Grace family as they grieve. I've heard stories of powerful healing and companionship in hospital rooms and waiting rooms. I've witnessed our vestry leadership at work planning for this new year and have learned of those who are stepping into various leadership roles as we move forward. God is calling each one of us all the time. And we are listening and responding as individual Christians and as a community of faith. This call and response is actually a lifelong process as we are called to different things at different times. You may have been active in a particular ministry, but now find you need to do something different. Perhaps something you can do from home, like praying for people on the prayer list, or making phone calls, writing cards. Or maybe this is your season to embrace a larger role, working with our young people, singing in the choir, helping out with Nana or Open Table or any one of our ministry partners. Thanks be to God and to each one of you 
as you continue to listen and answer the call to follow Jesus. He will light your way, give you strength, and guard you from fear. In the words of today's psalmist, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom then shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom then shall I be afraid? May we be humble and prayerful about how we respond to God's call, but also may we be bold to walk into the path that is lighted for us by the Lord. Amen. Mm-hmm.